Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives! When I looked through a Dymaluk telescope, I saw a way to solve a case I never knew existed. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. Every once in a while, a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, solves a case that he doesn't even know he's got. Police Sergeant Klusky and I were driving on Summit Street, which is a business street leading to the river tunnel just below Summit Heights, where Thomas Granger had his apartment from which $20,000 in jewels had been stolen the day before. To get to Summit Heights, you had to leave your car on Summit Street and walk a flight of stairs up the bluff. It was a nuisance, but once you got upstairs, you did have a magnificent view of the river and the shore opposite. Klusky, look down the block. That guy on the corner with a Dymaluk telescope. Yeah? What about him? Suppose that telescope wasn't pointed at the moon, but at the apartments up on the heights. Wouldn't that be a way of casing places to be robbed? Klusky's eyes lit up. It sure is short and wood. Come on, I'm going to pull that monkey in. The telescope man's name was Shep Latcher. At police headquarters, he vigorously protested his innocence, even though it developed that he had a previous criminal record. I kept in the background as Latcher insisted, Who need a telescope to case a joint? You can tell just looking as the lights on a roof. Well, that was true enough. So after some more questioning, he was released. But as he left, lugging the telescope over his shoulder, I had the feeling that Shep Latcher knew an awful lot that he wasn't telling. When a swank River Bluff apartment was burglarized, a Dymaluk telescope man was arrested and released. Thereafter, the Granger burglary case settled down to routine. Two days later, I got a break when I overheard a snatch of conversation in a tavern. That same day, Sergeant Klusky found some of the loot at a fence's shop. Between the two leads, we cracked the case, made three arrests, recovered practically all the missing jewels. At no time after his initial questioning was Shep Latcher, the telescope man, involved. It was about 7.30 in the evening, and I was walking down Summit Street. There on the corner was Shep Latcher and his telescope. See the moon, ten cents a look. There was a fair amount of passenger car and truck traffic leading to the river tunnel, but not many pedestrians at that hour. Here, I'll take a look. Latcher glanced at me indifferently, obviously didn't recognize me. Okay, a dime for one minute. I gave him the dime. How can I see the moon when all those clouds are in front of it? What do you expect for a dime in observatory? Point the thing at the houses up on a bluff and see how the swells live. I did as he suggested, and the houses up on the bluff leaped into view. At one window, a young woman was looking out. As I watched, she raised her hand in a gesture, probably speaking to somebody in the room with her. It's all buddy, a minute's up. Another dime if you want to look some more. No, thanks. I've seen enough. I strolled down to the corner, ducked into a doorway. The next couple of hours, Latcher had only seven customers. None of them lingered more than the minute he permitted or stayed to talk with them afterwards. At ten o'clock, he shouldered his telescope and shuffled off. Well, 
I'd spent an evening proving nothing, except that an ex-criminal now appeared to be satisfied to earn 40 cents an hour with a telescope that must have cost him 75 to to $100. The more I considered that, the less I believed it. When you're working on something for curiosity's sake, you don't work at it very hard. The next day, I got a case from Consolidated Insurance, spent a week on it, then found myself once more with a few free days. That night, I was back watching Latcher and with binoculars over my shoulder to help my watch. Latcher had shifted his position somewhat closer to the far corner, but otherwise the performance was the same. Few customers and none of those solicited. But I noticed something else. Tonight, he looked through his telescope once. By now, I was positive that he was picking up signals from someplace up on the bluff. I swept the bluff with my binoculars, saw nothing. Not one single thing. I lowered the glasses, shook my head in disgust. Then I glanced at Latcher and realized that the telescope wasn't even pointed at the bluff. The guy was really looking at the moon or at the dark hills across the river. How do you like that? I was so annoyed at myself for wasting all that time and suspecting a poor guy trying to go straight that I stayed away from that whole district for the next few days. And one afternoon, an idea hit me like a rap over the knuckles. Suppose Shep Lancher wasn't receiving signals, but sending them. He could get mumbled information from one of those casual customers, then relay it across the river. Yeah. But how? And about what? When I walked up to Lancher that evening, he seemed surlier than usual. Too cloudy. Can't see nothing, mister. Save your money. It's only a dime. I got a pocket full of them. I searched the cloudy heavens. I peered up at the bluff. In fact, I spent more dimes than Latcher had probably taken in all the previous week. In between looks, I stalled, tried to make him talk. He kept getting more and more annoyed until... Listen, buddy, ain't you got no place else to go? Go and beat it. Long as I got dimes, you gotta let me look. You're finished, buddy. There's another guy here wants to take a look. My money's as good as his. By then, the other customer, who looked like a truck driver, started walking off, but Latcher still seemed determined to get rid of me. Beat it, mister, before I knock your teeth down your throat! I bent over him, searched his pocket swiftly, found what I was looking for. A tiny flashlight. I blinked it several times at random. Whoever was waiting across the river for the light signals could chew on that for a while. Then I yanked Latcher to his feet. Okay, Latcher, let's go visit some cops. Sure, he broke down, though by that time it didn't make much difference because the cops waiting at the river tunnel entrance across the river had picked up the rest of the gang. The whole thing was a truck hijacking scheme. Latcher got the license numbers of trucks with valuable cargoes from men inside the truck depots. When the truck marked for hijacking rolled past on its way to the tunnel, Latcher blinked the last three numbers of its license to accomplices waiting across the river. They spotted the truck as it emerged from the tunnel, followed it sometimes for hundreds of miles before hijacking it. I got a $500 reward from the Truckers Association for solving a case I didn't even know about. And Latcher got five to 15 years in which to think up a new scheme. Like I said, it's okay to look through telescopes if you're sure you won't see prison bars at the other end. Calling All Detectives is a Jerry Joss feature written by Ken Houston, directed by Alan M. Fishburne, with Paul Barnes in the role of Jerry Browning.